Hello and welcome to My Spouse Made Me Watch It. I'm Justin. And I'm Katie. And each and every episode, we force the other one to watch a movie they haven't seen, and we get their perspective on it. So how this works, if this is your first time listening, is before we watch the movie, we ask the person that hasn't seen it a bunch of questions, then we watch it and see how they did. So Katie, are you ready to find out what the movie is? I am ready. The movie for this week is Fight Club. All right. Which I was actually pretty surprised that you hadn't seen it before. Um, I wasn't surprised that I <laughs> hadn't seen it before. Um, yeah, no, I wasn't surprised that I hadn't seen this before. Unlike Star Wars, where pretty much everybody, no matter your gender or age has seen star wars fight clubs to me seems like a very dude of a certain age movie and i am not a dude nor am i of a certain age hmm interesting that's a a a different perspective than i was anticipating but i think i can see how that can be your impression of it what were you expecting me to say I don't know. I was surprised that you hadn't seen it. <laughs> All right. You thought that of a certain age was more important than the dude part to the viewing of Fight Club? Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just seems like, to me, one of those movies that somebody at some point in time is going to be like, you haven't seen Fight Club? Oh, we've got to watch Fight Club. Who do you think I hang out with? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think anybody I'm trying to think of the the movies that people made me watch in high school um the only one that comes to mind is repo the genetic opera of the like you've got to watch this repo the genetic opera yeah you've never seen that i've never heard of that oh well maybe we'll save it for a future episode (laughs) okay no i don't think it's good enough for that but (laughs) (laughs) you don't genuinely like it i mean it's fine like if it if i saw it on the netflix or something i might give it a rewatch but it's it's uh, it's like um like a horror musical about like a, a future where everyone's organs are failing, but if you can't pay for your organs, they like repossess them. And it's a musical. And it's a movie. Yeah, it's a movie musical. Has a uh, Sarah Brightman in it. I'm su- that I'm surprised you haven't seen. That seemed like the like in a certain era that was like the theater kid movie, like before High School Musical came out. What we had was Repo the Genetic Opera. Two things to that comment. One, you were not in high school when High School Musical came out. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So the and gen, wait, that's exactly what I'm saying. Though the generation younger than us had High School Musical, we had Repo the Genetic Opera. But you weren't even in high school. That's what I'm saying. For Repo the Genetic Opera. For High School Musical, that is your generation. No, that's younger than me. No, you were like I distinctly you were remember like being too when, old for High School Musical. You were like thirteen. Let's Google. You probably thought you were too cool when for High School did Musical. High School Musical come out. High School Musical came out in two thousand and six. So you were in eighth grade. So I was about almost nine. So thirteen. <laughs> so thirteen. Exactly what I guessed. Oh whatever. <laughs> oh, and number two. On top of you being not in high school when High School Musical came out, being right in that Target demo for High School Musical. I'm pretty sure the Target demo for High School Musical is elementary school students. 
you were also on Globe, so maybe Repo was like popular like two generations of school back for me. <laughs> it just took a little bit to get to Globe. I want to see when Repo came out. Oh, Repo came out in 2008. Repo came out in 2008, that much longer so, after. That means... There was like three high school musicals by then. So that means that I thought it was the before the high school musical, but no, it was the after the high school musical. So... <laughs> Hmm, interesting. Your timeline is all askew. But the basic concept is still the same. <laughs> For a period of years, that was the quintessential theater kid movie. Never heard of it. That's because you're old. You were already out of high school in 2008. No, I wasn't. I was a senior. Okay, well, I was barely a sophomore. Everyone's just being able to know how to drive. We can finally like hop in cars and go to each other's houses of our own accord and watch Repo. <laughs> well, I was a young spry sophomore because I'm young to each his own death is coming for you <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on to uh more questions about fight club so Katie what do you think fight club is about all right so this one's a little tougher um unlike star wars fight club has not permeated every corner of our culture uh, so I don't feel like I have <laughs> very much as much to go on as I did with Star Wars. With Star Wars, I had a pretty clear idea of what I was getting into. This, I know that Brad Pitt is in it. And there's a piece of soap on the cover. Do you know who else is in it? No. Um, and you don't know any anything else about it? No. You don't know any lines? <laughs> okay, I know... You don't talk about the Fight Club. Okay, there we go. You do know something. <laughs> something has sunk in. Why don't? Why do you think you don't fight? Uh, talk about Fight Club because it's a secret. <laughs> okay. Um, so if I had to venture a guess about what the plot of Fight Club is, mm-hmm. I'm guessing that there is some sort of underground Fight Club, um, and I'm guessing that people do this as like a betting thing okay like so it's pe- kind of a gambling yeah centric like, like you you go down to some weird basement there's two dudes ready to fight each other you like put 20 dollars down on one dude yeah <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, and you bet on them fighting like cockfighting except with dudes instead of mm-hmm. roosters um or dog fighting except with dudes um how i brad pitt doesn't seem tough enough like i don't i don't know if brad pitt has enough street cred to be an underground street fighter. Um, so maybe he's like a, a better, somebody who like frequents betting on these fight clubs. Then he like gets really good at it. Or maybe he like has a bromance with one of the fighters mm. and maybe they're like, so like, so the story skewing, skewing the, the, the betting somehow they're like working together and, and <laughs> okay. splitting the splitting their spoils Okay. And, and then he gets found out about, and then they, and then he's in trouble with like whoever is running this underground man gambling ring. Okay. So let me make sure I got it right. It's a, <laughs> it's a man gambling ring. Yes. We follow Brad Pitt. Yes. In the story. Brad Pitt's role in the story isn't necessarily a central figure to the underground man fighting gambling ring, but more of the one of the betters attending the gambling ring. Yeah, I think he's a viewer. And then they kind of, he gets caught up in a match-fixing scandal with his befriended fighter. Yes. Okay, 
Interesting. And then, yeah, then he's got to got to get away from the the thugs, I guess, who run the man gambling ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is what I think Fight Club is about. Do you know that this is based on a well-known novel? Yes. Okay. By Czech Palnuk. I didn't know who it was by, but I didn't know it was based on a book. Um, I have not read the book. Probably not even worth saying. <laughs> <laughs> Has um, anybody read the book? Yeah, I know lots of people. Are there people the who are like, yeah, the book is better? I don't know. I've never really heard anybody say that about Fight Club. People seem to feel it's a, a pretty faithful adaptation. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, what role do you think Soap plays in the movie? Um, Being that you know it is on the cover. I do know there's Soap on the cover, yes. So what role um, do you think it plays? I'm guessing it's like my friend who used to live in new york he told me this story about how when the girls were gonna fight each other they would like put vaseline on their bodies Mm -hmm. so that the other ones like blows would just like slide right off Mm -hmm. so i'm wondering if maybe they like soap up so that their the other ones blows will slide off interesting (laughs) (laughs) defensive soap yes okay defensive soap armor for the underground man gambling ring. Yes. Do you know anything about who directed this movie? I don't usually know anything about who directs anything. So his name is David Fincher, which probably means nothing to you. No. Uh, but he he directed Seven. Nope. Also with Brad Pitt. Nope. And Morgan Freeman. Nope. Nope. Haven't seen it. Nope. All right. I that, know there's a box. That's going on the list. Um, he directed The Social Network. Okay. He directed... The I know that movie really gets your motor purring. Mm-hmm. So. He directed The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Nope. Uh, he directed... Uh, what's that? That one with Jake Gyllenhaal where he tries to solve the... Zodiac? Yeah, he directed <laughs> He directed Zodiac. Okay. Uh, which I think you enjoyed Zodiac, didn't you? I mean, not for the spectacular direction. I just enjoy <sighs> a good serial killer. It is spectacular direction. That was all right. <laughs> <laughs> no shade david fincher uh i think he also directed gone girl did you see gone girl i did see gone girl did you enjoy gone girl yeah i think all this to say that david fincher is probably i'm i'm if i had to pick one person that i think is my favorite director is probably david fincher that's a strong statement it is a strong statement but uh, is one that is heavily weighted by the social network, which I think is a masterpiece. But looking at his whole body of work, every single movie is just uh, pretty incredible. And I think that he is just a very accomplished director in what he's able to do visually, the way he composes scenes. So with all that said, how do you think you are going to like Fight Club? What 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 is your impression about the reception of Fight Club in the world, and how do you think you will fall on that spectrum? Um, I'm not expecting to... Um, I'm, I'm, I think my where I'm going to fall on this is like, that was a fine thing to watch once. Will mm-hmm. I watch it again? No. Okay. Was I mildly interested? Maybe. I'll probably still check Instagram a few times. While watching this movie. You don't think it'll hold your attention? No. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. 
My prediction for you is that you will be surprised in the complexity of the story and your enjoyment of it. All right. (laughs) We will see. We will see. But before (laughs) we go watching the movie, Katie, do you have an IMDb review for us? I do have an IMDb review. Um, This one is from Michael Goldfield on the 10th of November, 2000. So not too long after this movie came out. Okay, it came a out very, in yeah, a very initial reaction. Mm-hmm. A fresh. A fresh reaction without all of the baggage of two decades of hype. Hype are people underplaying the quality yeah. of movie. All right. Uh, so Michael says, I cannot recall another film quite this boring. However... If you think you can derive pleasure from watching young men beat one another up for no reason other than they like to beat one another up, this film is for you. For me, it was a waste of time. Oh, wow, Michael. (laughs) Michael did not enjoy it. No, Michael was not pleased. Um, So that kind of changes what I thought the movie was about. Because, yeah, because if a little they're doing spoiler, it, he yeah, says. A little from... bit of a spoiler. If it's for no reason, then there's not a, a gambling money angle, <laughs> apparently. Or, he, in his mind, it is pointless, the amount of violence in the movie. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he could be spinning that phrase to mean... That's true. That. It could be. You could be spot on with your gambling <laughs> prediction. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes, so it, Michael is kind of positing this as like um, like a fantasy of male frustration. So I'll be interested to, to see how that plays out. All right. Well, are you ready to go watch it? I'm ready. Do you feel like you're adequately awake? That you have. A- do you feel like you. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like you've adequately said what you want to before having seen it because there's no turning back this is the last time you will have not seen fight club that's true there is no turning back it's a lot it's a lot of pressure um no i i think that adequately i think i i succinctly summarized what i think this movie will be about i gave you some hot tips on how to avoid some um some blows you gotta gotta oil up get nice and slippy before you fight somebody um so i'm ready all right let's go watch it All right. Well, we are back. We are back. Movie over. Needless to say, spoilers abound. And Katie, what did you think about the movie? What did I think about the movie? Should I make a prediction? (laughs) (laughs) Sure, you can make a prediction. Well, judging by... The fact that about midway through, you're wondering if it was almost over and checking how to update your preferences <laughs> for Apple Music. I'm assuming it did not capture your attempt- attention very well. Yeah, halfway through, I felt like we had been in that movie for like three hours. I know, you're like, it's so long. I was like, it's been, it's an, been hour. an hour and a half. <laughs> like, that hour and a half was like, how long was that movie in total? Two hours and 19 minutes. I mean, that is kind of a long movie. Yeah, I, I mean, it's longer. Yeah, that's that's on the longer side it's of an, average for a movie, I would say. It's an hour shorter than the Titanic. 
so much more is happening in Titanic, though. And you've got Leo DiCaprio. Like Th- this one has Brad Pitt. Brad. Okay, I'm. I've never been into Brad Pitt. I don't get it. Leo, you're way hotter than Brad. Pitt. You don't get Brad Pitt. You don't get George Clooney. George Clooney is an old weirdo. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Clooney. I'm sure you're a very nice man, but... He seems like a very nice man. But you you look like an old weirdo. I'm sorry. I'm sure you're fine. I just don't get why people think you're hot. <laughs> I don't get why people think George Clooney is hot. And I don't get why people think Brad... Like, I get why Brad Pitt is hot, but it's so obvious. It's just, like, completely unattractive. Leo DiCaprio, on the other hand. That is one fine piece of man. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, we're talking this about is amazing. We're talking about the hotness of Leo DiCaprio versus Brad Pitt, and how one is completely unappealing because he's just like this basic beefcake, and the other one is like, like um, I don't know. There's no for some things there are no words. <laughs> <laughs> why are you laughing oh man if i knew if i <laughs> if i had known how big of a leo dicaprio fan you were maybe i would have started with some leonardo dicaprio movies i love leo dicaprio <laughs> <laughs> I do too, but that I've never heard you so excited about a male actor. <laughs> he he's he's right up there. So he's a top tier. Brad Pitt is way way down low. In attractiveness or in acting? Attractiveness and overall appeal. I disagree. <laughs> he just doesn't have the X factor. He's such a good actor. He's okay. What what else have you seen Brad Pitt in? What else has Brad Pitt been in? See, nothing. Zero things. <laughs> and I just look okay. at him and I'm We're like, going to have to add oh, a bunch of Brad Pitt and Leonardo like DiCaprio movies. And you will have to watch all of them no. to see that they are that he is genuinely a very good actor. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> maybe it felt like an eternity because the first part of it was just so just like it was like it was just so boring and it took so long like I want it it's called Fight Club I wanted people to fight like right off the bat it's not like fully about the fighting the Fight Club is a device to examine ourselves oh my goodness this was like (laughs) the most like I this is like I'm I'm struggling to name a movie that is comparable in douchebaggery. Wow. <laughs> that is really strong. Okay. <laughs> like I don't I thought I wouldn't I I didn't think I would be like, "Whoa, that was a really great movie." Okay. But I thought I'd be like, "That was like an enjoyable watch it once." I didn't like that at all. There wasn't like a single thing in it that I found redeeming. It was There wasn't a single thing you found redeeming. Not a single thing in it I found redeeming. The whole first part of it, all the like artsy fast shots just look like the 
footage out of CSI when they like go through the veins and stuff. It's like, oh yeah, yes, we've seen this. Um, Fun fact, that opening credit sequence was the first fully like digitally created sequence like that single shot going through the human body on any sort of film. It set the entire industry standard for what something like that looks like. That's actually famously remembered for that. Mm, it's not interesting. It's not appealing. Like, it was still dumb. <laughs> well, I guess we needed to eventually hit the point where uh, one of us absolutely hated one of the movies. Yeah, this was terrible. This is just... <laughs> Terrible. It was terrible. Like the first part was boring. The middle part was basically just 30 minutes of those douchebags on YouTube who like start off making prank videos, but then it gets like more and more exploitive and less and less funny and they just become more bigger and bigger douchebags. That was like the whole middle part of the movie. Again, before YouTube. Then we like briefly, but that doesn't make that behavior any less repugnant. I don't think it's glorifying it. I think the whole point of the movie is that that is awful. I still want to watch it, though. He is running around, not in control of his life, flying on these airplanes for his job. And at the end of the movie, he's running around, not in control of his life, flying on the, these airplanes, trying to track down Tyler. It's all a cycle. He has no control over his life. And as long as you aren't actually in control of your life, you're just running in this hamster wheel and a victim of all of these things that are happening around you. I feel like that might be giving the movie too much credit. <laughs> no, that's it's a, it's a novel. It's a beloved novel. Uh, it just feels more like this weird, like that is the point of the foray movie. into like like there was this part in it where. His uh, psychological alter ego is like, we're a generation of men raised by women. And I'm like, I feel like this is just some bizarre foray into this like alleged generation who doesn't know how to be men. And they're like looking for their masculinity in all these weird, bizarre places. (laughs) But it is pushing back against that. Ultimately, it sets it up to be about that. And the whole point of it is that... he literally shoots himself in the head because of all of this. Like, he, it's a push against it. Mm, I don't feel like it comes off that way, though. I don't feel like it It doesn't have any sort of human anything. None of these are people that seem like real people that I don't feel like I get any of that intentionality out of it. It just feels blah. Blah. Yeah. (laughs) So Brad Pitt, his character is like this repressed, undealt with ideal of what he thinks he's supposed Mm -hmm. to be, where he's living this life of what he thinks everybody else wants him to be. So it's what he thinks he wants to be, what he thinks everybody else wants to be. The reality is neither of those things are in the end what he wants. And I think that's the duality that we all fight within ourselves 
There's the outside pressure of what we think society wants us to be, what we think our family wants us to be. Uh, And then there's the inner thoughts of what we think we should be, the way that we perceive. And all of that is built through these cultural norms and through these familial ties and through these friendships. and, And there's the great shot of him when Tyler disappears and he's leaving out the door it's reminiscent of like what you would think of the child sitting and watching their dad leave, which is this big repressed issue in the movie that they're that he's dealing with. And I don't know. I just think that that it's playing this balance of uh, at the beginning, he's kind of idealizing living this one way. And in the throughout the whole middle part, we see the journey of him going into, oh, no, it's really about what I do who i am what how what i can control about myself and then it kind of ends with him realizing that that in itself is destructive that in itself doesn't leave you satisfied and hurts the only person that he cared about potentially ended could have potentially ended with him killing Marla, the only person that he cared about. I get what you're saying is trying to do. (laughs) But I don't think it does any of that successfully. I don't care about any of that if it doesn't give me anybody to care about. Mm -hmm. I don't care that he's repressed. I don't care that he's struggling with these issues. So the fact that he's doing that doesn't matter if your audience does not care about your character. Also, going on to Marla, ugh, that... I hate that character so much. It's like the flip side of the coin of the manic pixie dream girl. It's the manic pixie train wreck. And it's no more fun. It's no more interesting. It's just so boring. (laughs) See, I read it more of her being uh, caught in a different part of the cycle of the world she's impoverished she has nobody that cares about her this is a very nihilistic movie it is and not in an interesting way and not in a way that makes me feel anything or want to change anything the only thing i feel after watching this movie is tired and i feel like it has this real it kind of made me feel the way vancouver made me feel like it has this real sense of its own grandeur of like stop that Mm-hmm. You don't you don't need to play like that. Just do whatever you're trying to do. But mm-hmm. it, it's trying very hard, which m- maybe can't help it. Maybe this is the way a book this book was, but it feels like it's trying very hard to be very big and edgy and groundbreaking in its nihilistic point of view of the world. But I feel like in the end, that's just not very fun to watch and not that every movie needs to be fun to watch but if it's not fun it needs to do something (laughs) okay well (laughs) this isn't about my opinion of the movie so i i won't try to defend it any longer overrated 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 katie says overrated katie did you i mean obviously you weren't impressed by any parts of this movie no uh, did you see the uh, what is now a famous twist in film history 
Did you see it coming? Yes. You you did see it coming. Yes. You, you said this guy has schizophrenia. Yes, very early on. Really? Yes. What was your reasoning for that? Uh, the first thing that tipped me off was they kept doing that like thing. That was very uh, early and clear tip off mm-hmm. <laughs> that that was happening. Um, also, just from like a costume design perspective, like that is clearly not a character that is actually in that world. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks like an extra that just stepped out of from Justin Kelly. Like, clearly does not fit in with the rest of the aesthetic. Um, so very obviously something. So maybe too, that's a part of why I didn't enjoy it <laughs> very mm-hmm. much. Um, cause it's very clear that's really wanting that to be like a whoa that guy's that guy this whole time. But I figured that out pretty early. So when it was like, whoa, that guy's that guy. I'm just like, okay. It's been, I don't, I can't even really think of a movie, other movie that I disliked as much as this one. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> um, even thinking back to our, one of our, our very famous disliked movies. No, don't say what you're about Valerian. to say. No, <laughs> Bull. Okay, I am not saying that Valerian is a better movie. Okay, than this, good. But <laughs> because that is because garbage. it's not. But as a viewer, I had more fun watching Valerian. Even though I will say that Valerian did never, never tipped into the like so bad. It's like fun place. But it was still more interesting for me. I was still more interested in watching Valerian than this. Because of the color scheme? No, because I was just like, what are they doing? Like, where are we going? Where are we? How did this get made? Like, there were just so many questions Mm -hmm. that I had about Valerian. But this, it was just so obvious how it got made, what they're trying to do. But it just wasn't having any impact on me. Okay. (laughs) So, from a viewing experience, Mm -hmm. I will give... Valerian a two, and this a one. (laughs) Well, actually, that segues perfectly into something that I wanted to add that I have yet to tell you about. Oh, my goodness. So. Valerian was also directed by David Fincher. No. Oh, I thought that was going to be the reveal. No. (laughs) David Fincher's a great director. The direction in this movie is phenomenal. Don't give me that. What I want to add is... A rating system. So I think in our rating system, we should rate it overall, like, goodness of the movie, watchability. Oh, a multi-tiered rating system. I was just thinking of a one through ten. No, because like I said, Valerian, really bad movie. But I would rank it higher on the watchability than this, which I would say, like... It's is a better movie in many ways, in every way, basically. Uh, but I want at least overall versus watchability because I think that's a very just like distinct. It just feels weird to me. And maybe I just don't parse it in my mind the same way. It feels hard for me to differentiate watchability mm-hmm. from like whether or not it was a good movie. So you're saying theoretically you could say the movie was a 10 
but I hated every minute of it once. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's definitely... What, what is the circumstance in which the movie... Uh, which is This is actually something I was just listening to an episode of um, Pop Culture Happy Hour not that long ago where they were talking about this. There's the mm-hmm. like, is it good? Is it good and do I want to watch it? Are two different things. Mm. So you can get something... They were actually talking about sharp objects when they were talking about this of like, it's very good, but one of the panelists was like, I don't want to watch this. This is a theater of agony. This is not something that I'm going to enjoy, even though I can recognize that mm-hmm. this has good actors, good direction, a good point of view, good design. Mm. All of that stuff is good, but I do not want to watch this. Conversely, I love the movie Double Daddy on Lifetime. I know that is an absolutely terrible movie. That has a terrible plot, terrible acting, Terrible design, terrible direction. It's all bad. But it's so bad that it is incredibly watchable. It is delightful and hilarious and a pure joy to watch. I I just feel like watchability is so subjective. It's not a useful metric. Why does the metric have to be useful? This is our podcast. (laughs) Fair. Okay, you win. (laughs) Like, what's the point of having a podcast if it's only full of useful metrics? Uh, People don't come to the internet for useful metrics. You win. You win. That was the trump card. Okay. Yes, we'll have two categories. (laughs) Quality of movie, watchability. Thank you. And actually, I would be interested to get, because one of our segments is, why did you pick this movie? So I actually would be curious to, like, see the difference in the ratings. Even though you, as the bringer of the movie, don't get to, like, defend it as vehemently as part of your why did you choose this, I would like to hear that because if I hadn't already made you watch Double Daddy, I would have made you watch Double Daddy as part of this. And then I would have to explain to you that the reason I made you watch this is not because it's a good movie. It's because I find it extremely watchable. I guess so. I just don't feel like my list will contain very much disparity Mm -hmm. between what I consider good and what I consider watchable. Yeah, I think that's just a difference of personality. (laughs) Yeah, in in my mind, if I find something unwatchable, it's because it's not very good. At least I like to think of that as being an objective opinion, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, but subjectively, I guess... That which I do not find good, I also do not find watchable. So, okay, with that in mind, give us your ratings of 1 through 10 of overall and watchability for Fight Club. Overall, I'm going to put it... Ugh, it's hard to take 1999 into consideration. It's a simpler time pre 9 11. I'm gonna give it a six. I'm gonna I'm gonna pop it a little bit. I was I was tempted to give it just a five, just to like right there in the middle of the rating system that then when I remembered it was 1999 as you said lots of this stuff seemed new and exciting then I decided to push it up to the six um for watchability I'm gonna have to go with a one because I just didn't find anything about it enjoyable okay all right baby J why did you pick this movie because I like it <laughs> why do you like it I'm, I'm very curious I think it's good why I think the acting is good. Why? I think why? Why? Because I think Brad Pitt and Edward Norton are very good actors. Why? So if you see uh the difference in Edward Norton 
himself and Edward Norton in Primal Fear and Edward Norton in The Illusionist and Edward Norton in The Hulk. Um, he's in The Hulk? Yes. What? Uh, Is he The Hulk? He's in the second one. He's in The Incredible Hulk. He's okay. That goes Eric Bana, then him, and then Wait, Mark, he's Mark the titular Hulk? Yes. Well, he's Bruce Banner. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, he's not painted green. <laughs> I wish. His range is quite good. Uh, the way, the character he plays in this one is very monotone. But the his physical, physicality in this role I really like. Yeah, he has uh, interesting physicality. I really like the the choices that that he makes, uh, especially playing off of his own narration, which I find, which I think would be very hard. He, he'd have to be working very in sync with what the director's vision is for the narrative portions, uh, because there's a lot of portions, especially in the mm-hmm. first half of the movie, where it's narration 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 his line narration 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 i think all that plays very well on camera i think brad pitt's uh incredible i i really do think that he is an amazing actor (laughs) Mm -hmm. all right i'm gonna stop you for a second here i want to hear what you like about this movie if you're putting aside as a good director good acting like just the visceral experience of this Mm -hmm. movie what about it do you like without getting into all the, the meta stuff? Uh, I think the story captures the angsty feeling of life in an accurate way that be- is wildly depicted. I think it is playing on an emotion that I know I've felt in my life and playing it... Mm-hmm. To the highest possible volume. So you like taking that mundanity and just thrusting it into the absurd. It's very much the same notes, the same chords being played uh, from the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. It is somebody that is kind of sick of the ordinary believing or discovering, like, this secret thing that they think is better. What I enjoy about this one is that that begins the real struggle of finding out the faults and flaws of that aspect of life. I think the absurdity of all of it services to adequately strum those deep-seated chords in my own psyche. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe you don't feel those type of <laughs> I, angsty I calls. I think as a... It's similar to <laughs> Into the Wild. Have you seen Into the Wild? No. We'll add it to the list. For viewers, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> listeners out there, you may have seen Into the Wild as well. I feel like this strikes a similar chord of, of gotta do something crazy because... It feels like I'm not doing anything at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is uh, a chord that a lot of fairly like wealthy in the s- scope of history and the, the geographic region of the world that we live <laughs> in, people that, that 
you know, we grew up feeling as if we could be anything uh, and become disappointed. Aren't you? (laughs) Yeah. Become disappointed in the fact that we aren't. I think that that, that thematic element of the movie rings very true. And I think the absurdity of it serves to eventually show that, that those calls while there, while part of you, aren't the defining characteristics of your life. I agree with you that it does tap into that real sort of, they like told you you could be anything, so now you feel like you have to do everything, and when mm-hmm. you're not, I, I feel like that's a real thing um, that it's trying to examine and tap into. And I can't really put my finger on to why it doesn't feel... I don't know what I want it to do in answer to that. So maybe the emotion rings true for you, but the execution of that emotion feels so foreign to your experience that you can't relate. Not necessarily foreign. I th- I feel like it's just not being executed in a way that is watchable. Um, that movie wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be about. (laughs) My plot was completely off and there was no gambling. There was no gambling. There wasn't really any money. There was some strong boxcar children vibes in the middle there where they're just like squatting in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, Brad Pitt wasn't uh, really a protagonist. Uh, (laughs) And... There was no using of soap to be more slippery for your opponents. <laughs> <laughs> that that was, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can see how you would have uh, hoped that. Yeah. So, no, not, not at all was what I was expecting to be. But I think I would have rather watched that movie. <laughs> like, uh. if Jared Leto just got nice and slippy. <laughs> And bought Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I would watch that movie. <laughs> okay, let's wrap this up. Let's let's wrap this up. Uh, All right, Justin, what are we watching next week? Bring it on. Are you sure you have not seen this movie? I may have seen this movie. What are the rules on our podcast about? I think if it's a I- distant memory. I think if I can't tell you why I know I've seen this movie and not bring it on again, then I I deserve to watch this movie. Let's give it another go. (laughs) Give it another shot at the national title. You, uh, I I owe you one after your disdain for Fight Club, so we can watch Bring It On. (laughs) I hope you will find it more watchable than I found Fight Club. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if all those years of sisters uh, that's, have prepared that's probably you why, for this. That's probably why I am not too st- stoked. Because I kind of know what I'm in for. <laughs> well, I'm it's excited. Th- if, I, if I haven't seen this movie, I guarantee you I've seen like a dozen identical movies. Bring it on is the OG. That doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> We'll find out. <laughs> I'm excited uh, to hear what what you think Bring It On is and then to experience it along with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. 
Well, tune in to the next episode. Should be up sometime soon. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Good night.